Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm Catherine, co-host and bestie. All right, Catherine, here we are at episode 130. Let's go. Let's do it. Today's topic, folks, is a review of Some Kind of Heaven, which is a documentary about the villages in Florida. And we, we are going to review the documentary. We're, I'm, we're also going to talk a little bit about The Bubble, yeah. which is another one that I watched. And then we're going to share our personal experiences in the villages because my in-laws have lived there for 15 years. That's a long time. Sure. So we've spent a fair amount of time there. So we have our own perspective. But this documentary, Some Kind of Heaven, is, is something else. Yeah. It is now, did you watch the whole thing on the bubble? I did. Oh, okay. Yes. Before we before we dive in, though, to today's topic, I do want to say this about procrastination. Oh, yeah. For all of you <laughs> uh, fans and friends who have been waiting and waiting and waiting for our episode on procrastination, we've got good news and bad news. <laughs> what is it, Catherine? We finally recorded it and we were ready to go. We were going to publish it. And when I was editing, something went very wrong with it. We kind of figured it was a sign that maybe we're not supposed to put it out there. (laughs) Well, because we can't. We have to re-record it. I mean, it's so... The thing that went wrong, the technical issues that we had meant that that particular recording could not be used. So if we are going to present the procrastination topic we're gonna have to re-record yeah we'll we'll do it later yeah we're gonna get to it (laughs) but we or not we've put it off for a year and a half it's so funny because as you said we did do it we could drop it the way it is but it doesn't sound very no i listened to it no 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 it (laughs) would be it would be harmful to humanity Uh, so that's where that's at, friends. If you're looking for that procrastination issue uh, or episode, it's not coming. It's not coming. We're putting it off. We're putting it to the end. Well. All right. So that's enough about that. Uh, our podcast does have sponsors, and we want to thank our sponsors right now for contributing. Uh, we call them humor contributors because they help us to bring this podcast to the world. Yeah. So thank you for all of you who are donating $5 a month. And if you're not, if you're if you'd like to cross over the humor contributor bridge, we welcome you. It's a very easy process. All you have to do is go to our Patreon link, which is linked in the show notes of every episode, or you could go directly to patreon.com, look for Life Happens Laugh Anyway, and you will see the link where you can contribute. You just set it up once. It'll take you maybe 5 minutes. Yeah, to set that. it up. Mm-hmm. And then every month, $5 will leave your account. And we'll go into our Patreon account and you won't even miss it. Mm, Right. You won't, but we'll be so grateful. So if you want to do that and support us, we will use your funds to improve our equipment. We're also thinking about going to a pod. It's called PodFest and Mm. it's in Orlando to learn more. It's like a conference on podcasting. So that's what we use the funds for. We haven't used any yet. We're just saving them up because we want to get some new microphones. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into The Villages and Some Kind of Heaven. We just finished watching it. What did you think about that documentary, Catherine? Depressing. Why? Why were you depressed by it? I'm surprised the way you asked me that, you know, like your tone and and all of that. I'm surprised that you don't say yes. I totally agree. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm curious to hear why it was depressing to you. Oh, my goodness. The overall tone of the entire documentary was... Uh, lonely, sad. Um, 
it was, and it wasn't really even, uh, I would say it wasn't a documentary on the villages. It was a, a documentary on a handful of people in their senior years that happened to live there. I would agree with you there, 100%. And the, the music was drab. Their circumstances were quite drab and depressing because one couple the the husband he kind of went off the rails he was not playing with a full deck no he wasn't and another man was living out of his van he wasn't (laughs) playing with a full deck either well no then there was a, a widow woman and her situation was sad as well she was like i said she was a widow she became a widow after her and her husband moved from boston massachusetts to uh, the villages. And so the documentary kind of covers her trying to find happiness. Yeah. And she's really not. So so absolutely it was depressing. Well, it's interesting that they titled it Some Kind of Heaven. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Why did they do that? Because uh, the way, I, I don't want to say it should be called Some Kind of Hell because it wasn't like that. But it's just not a, a fitting or appropriate for the documentary just my two cents you know i i do agree with you in terms of the way that they that they build it it didn't come in like you thought it was going to be something else right Mm -hmm. and the basically there's over a hundred thousand people that live in the villages and this is just uh five people's story yes there's 130 as of 2020 that live down there and it's growing 130,000 yes 130,000 right yeah so out of all those people how many of them have this experience not that many so Mm -hmm. it, it was uh definitely just People who live in the villages, not necessarily a documentary about the villages as a whole. No. I think the bubble was more so um, about the villages as a whole rather than just individual unique opportunities. Uh, the guy who lived in his van, mm-hmm. what was his name? Dennis. Dennis. He was this tall guy and he, he to me, he kind of looked like he'd probably been a little bit of a schwindler his yeah, like whole life. like a gigolo life. his whole life. Just trying to find somebody to live off of, you well, know. When he call, he called, he's eighty-one years old, and he calls his mother. So I don't know how old she is, <laughs> and she sounded pretty with it. And he's like, "Hey, mom." And I thought to myself, "Did I hear that right, or is he calling some woman that he knows, calling mom?" But mom. no, it was definitely mom because at the end of the conversation, he says, "Well, bye, mom. Call you next week." So one of the things that she says almost immediately is, well, "Who you living with?" Right. So obviously, that's an indicator. That he's like a gypsy, floats around. And she also said, what are you doing for a living? Right. He's 81. Right, right, he right. He should be retired. <laughs> right. So that's an indicator, too, of the kind of lifestyle this man had. You find out, too, that he is avoiding um, a conviction for a DUI in California. Right. So he, <laughs> I mean, the man is. And he uh, called himself a handyman. And yeah. that he was in like some kind of movie business or something like that when he was in California. Yeah, show business. But he, he came into the villages in this like a uh, full-sized van and he had a closet uh, bar in the back of the van with some clothes on it. Yeah, clothes and rack. And looked like he was sleeping in the van. They show him brushing his teeth outside of the van and mm-hmm. spitting in some bushes or something. Well, he had his cleaning pro- products in the pocket of the door. Yeah. So and yes. He was living in his van. <laughs> There's and- a th- he was all proud of himself that he was looking for a woman that he could, you know, um, share 
her home with her. Um, I am going to expound on that because he wasn't just looking for a woman. Okay. He says, I'm looking for a good looking woman who right. has money. Who doesn't embarrass him. Who doesn't him. embarrass him. And he would like to be, you know, he'd like to be seen with. And right. then he says, he has the audacity to say, oh, that's kind of rare to find. And I'm thinking, you think? What attractive woman with money and who looks good wants you, fella? What woman at all? Well, I mean, I yeah, think it I was a little bit condescending to women in general that he was like, I'm this prize. Look at me. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, uh, no. Right. And again, to answer your question about why is this depressing? Well, his his life is depressing. He, he he's so the whole time during this documentary, he's trying to find a woman to live with in the villages, though. It has to be the villages because he likes it. Right. He likes the lifestyle because I don't if you don't know about the villages, it, it's literally this huge community every single night at um there's four squares in the in the villages and every night there's activities there's dancing and they have live music and, right it's like so, they call it disney world for seniors and some have referred to it as like going be- going to college yeah for seniors like it's that kind of a vibe yeah and good old dennis says that he he wants to find a woman and he tells this other woman who he's trying to swindle her into letting him you know have a relationship i guess and live with her and she's like why would i do that <laughs> and she said how have your previous relationships been and he's like oh disastrous well then you see him back hooking up with someone he used to have a relationship with she lets him in and uh live with she trusts him enough to let him live there and then you you, the (laughs) you see him she's they interview the couple and she's like yeah he seems distant and a little disconnected and and you see him in public scenarios and um and yes he definitely you could tell he's longing to be free he doesn't want to be tied down because she's got chores to do. She's got chores and a list of groceries to get. And he's right. like zoning out. Like uh, Plus, she was wanting some emotional connection from him. For, yeah. And he's just she's wanting a, a place to stay. Right. Well, right. And I think that he wants to date. Yeah. He wants women. to be on the prowl looking for his next meal or mm-hmm. a better meal ticket or whatever. So, so Dennis was, I would say, a piece of work. Right. And so was the other fella. What was his name? Reggie or? Anne? Yeah, it was Anne, Anne and Reggie. Reg- Reggie. Yes. Poor Anne. I felt sorry for Anne. Oh, absolutely. They it's, had been married see, for decades. What's that? It's the women. What about them? All of them. This is how I see it. Yeah. These women are widowed or they seem balanced. And then these men... <laughs> around are just like well in, never grew up in this film in these this two film. guys definitely did sort of resemble each other although Anne and reggie had been married for almost 50 years or something like that 48 they were celebrating or 47 so yeah that's almost 50 yeah and she said that he wasn't the way that he is now before mm-hmm. that yeah. that you know things were very different before well now he looked like he was into all kinds of like different types of meditation and he would take a rock and hit it on his head and and bang himself in the head with a rock and he was doing drugs um 
I, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think it was mostly pot and he was caught with some cocaine. I guess it wasn't a lot, but I'm thinking there's more going on there than just like the, his behavior can't be just from smoking pot. Right. There's something wrong with this man. Well, and they did say they took him, he was arrested, so he had to, you know, he had a drug charge on him, so he had to appear in court. And in his first appearance, he was very rude to the judge, and the judge was like, you know what, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> You're the rudest person I've ever I have seen. ever had in my courtroom, and this man's old. Yeah. Well, then they he had a second appearance before the judge, and he said, you know, I'm sorry for my behavior earlier. My wife forced me to go get an MRI to see what's wrong with me. <laughs> and he had some uh, evidence of having had a stroke. So who knows what was going on inside of his thinking? Why was he hitting himself in the head with a rock? Why was he carrying cocaine around? Why was he being rude to a judge? He he wasn't thinking with every part of his brain that he needed. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting. He said, I forgot. It was in my wallet. How do you forget that? I, I don't know. And earlier he said, it was somebody gave it to me or yeah, something like that. at a oh party. God. Okay, well, let's just at whatever age he was, let's try not to do that. And then here's Anne, here's his wife of almost 50 years. And she's saying things like, well, I, I'm at a crossroads. I either have to leave him and then what, or learn to deal with this. So I kind of gave her credit for, she said she took a marriage vow 48 years ago. And she said to death to do his part and he's not dead. Yeah. So she said, uh, I need to kind of figure out how can I help him right that was that was actually admirable good on you and because not it wasn't just that she was trying to fix him she said he can't change I can't change I like that she recognized that she can't change him yeah but she can help him yeah so there there's a difference and what a challenge yeah oh my goodness yeah so that so those uh stories kind of wove throughout the, the the documentary was like an hour and 20 minutes something like that and then we had barbara 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 who came from boston and her she and her husband had this dream like they were buying it she said that when she was given the brochure and all the hype about the villages she was like yes this is going to be great and then they get down there he gets sick and he dies now she's alone mm-hmm. she has to get a job she's full-time working because she doesn't have enough money to support herself apparently she said she can't move back to boston because she doesn't have the money to do that yeah so here she's kind of stuck there yeah her funds were depleted yeah and she's just trying to make the best of it however her personality seemed very much like stoic yeah and maybe maybe it's a season that that you get into when you have all these things happen like that I mean I certainly can't fault anybody for being sort of down when life has given you so many blows you know so hopefully hopefully she'll turn it around yeah, I'd like to point out that her job was it it sounded like it's some somewhat in the health industry. Mm-hmm. So they're providing like hospital beds and um so perhaps she's in a um uh one of those senior living type um facilities or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But uh you see you see little bits of her kind of zoning out <laughs> as they're talking about the patient needing 
this and that and so whatever so that's depressing too because it's probably all day long and she was you got to give her credit too for trying to get out there oh yeah so she wasn't she the one who was in the tambourine class where they were beating the tambourine on their elbow yes and and she she was looking at them like what's what's happening know about this almost every everything she attempted she was like i don't know about this well because some of it is a little bit odd when you look at it for the first time Mm -hmm. like they do um the the women have a belly dancing group Mm -hmm. and they're all seniors with the belly dancer costumes on and that's odd at first glance it takes a minute to let your eyes focus and then did you know absorb it my dad's cousin in his um, older years, he married, he was, I think he was kind of straight laced, a little bit, maybe nerdy a little bit. Um, I'm not saying that in a negative way, but he, he married a belly dancer. Really? Yes. And so they would go to the kind of places where she would do the belly dancing. And I think that it raised a few eyebrows within, you know, the families. I'm like, sure well, it what did. Is she, what is she yeah I think but. anytime that we see something that's out of the norm mm-hmm. right it's not something you normally see as a senior citizen yeah. female doing this belly dance thing and I think for Barbara she may have been looking at some of these new experiences with eyes of wow okay well maybe I'll try it but I don't know if I'll like it yeah you know yeah well and her uh manicurist when she goes to get a manicure mm-hmm. the manicurist had said that she had been widowed and that she found a new love online but the the woman doing her nail says you have to try it's your life is only going to be what you make of it so make the best of it get out there and she does do that that does she does or uh they show her doing exactly what you just said yeah so now um i watched the other documentary too the bubble yeah that one was more so about the villages as a community Okay. And apparently this uh, community has grown a ton. Yeah. Since it first started out as a little trailer park back in the 70s, it was called Orange Blossom something trailer park. Mm-hmm. And the vision of that has, has, has blossomed into what it is today, which is that, you know, 130,000 seniors that live there. You have to be 55 and up to live there. Uh I think there might be some stipulations about um, you can live there in the villages if you are an employee of the villages oh, and your, right. kids, That's your right. kids can go to the village's school. Cool. That's right. They have their own television station with their own news. Mm-hmm. They have their own newspaper. Yeah. They, they have, have medical facilities. They have their own government. So kind of like a village board mm-hmm. or whatever. They have their own everything yeah and uh, as i said my in-laws have lived there for 15 years and when ron and i first went down there to visit them (laughs) it was really amazing to me you know it's all gated meaning there's a gate but there's no lock on it you know what i mean like you just kind of wave your hand at it and the gates goes up well from what i understand those are public roads so they though even though it's its own community a lot of the areas where those gates are are public and that they don't really have a right to have a gate there but it's more like just aesthetics or something yeah well the one lady on the dock she said um she said that it slows people down it's almost like a speed bump yeah yeah 
So we go there, and this is our first time there, and we're sitting with uh, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law, and we're watching the news at night. And this was 15 years ago or 16 years ago or whenever it was that we visited. So we were we were going to hopefully get the nightly news, mm-hmm. you know, that you would get. <laughs> and it was the village's news. Uh-huh. And it was just about stuff going on in the villages. Wow. So there was a shuffleboard game today, yes. and Bob won. <laughs> stuff like that. The golf cart crashed into yeah whatever it it was like that so it was hilarious to us and then and I'm sure that that's grown over 15 years just like the community itself has grown Mm -hmm. and they they get a daily paper that's pretty thick it's got a lot of news in it and it's got a lot of ads in it Mm -hmm. because people are reading the paper every day and those people who live there who are 55 and up they are they were accustomed to a daily paper from years ago sure so that's a thing, yeah. and it's it's quite different. Um, we were there, and I don't remember you were. Were you with me for that Halloween thing? No, but you told I us told all you about, about it. it. Oh, yes, we were there one time for Halloween, and we're at one of the squares. And just like Catherine said, they have these squares that they have all kinds of vendors there with all kinds of food, all kinds of crafts, mm-hmm. and they have the bandstand where they have live entertainment every single night, mm-hmm. not just one night. Every single night. Every night night of the week. All right. So we're there and it's Halloween week and I'm coming, walking with my mother-in-law and we're coming up to to the square area. Oh, wait. I was there for Halloween. Where they did the the thriller thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we get closer and closer and I go, oh, look, (laughs) they've they've got the kids out and they're doing thriller Uh because they were doing the Michael Jackson classic thriller dance. Yeah. And they were all dressed up like zombies. Yeah. And the closer we got, I was we like, realized. oh, it's not makeup. <laughs> <laughs> it's the real faces. It's them. It's them. Yeah. But they were into it and they did yeah. it so precisely and beautifully in terms of they didn't miss a beat. No. Right. You can, you know, that that took them forever yeah. to learn that. Mm-hmm. And there they were doing Thriller. That was kind of amazing. Yeah, it was neat because every square has a theme. And in Halloween, it just happened to be like... Uh, 2.0. Yeah, it, it was great. Uh, another thing, the first time that I went to a movie in the villages, I'm sitting there with Claudia, my mother-in-law. And Did you hear snoring? No, I oh. did not hear snoring. But when the movie was over and the credits started to go up, she goes, just watch this. <laughs> and normally people get up and leave. Yeah. But it, it's not no. like that. They have nowhere to go. <laughs> no, oh. it's not that. It's that it takes them forever to oh, get to out. get up. <laughs> get out of the chair and then they gotta get the apparatus you know whatever it is it it was just funny yeah Yeah. but i got i have to say this about the villages one of the neatest things that i have appreciated about the villages is going to church yeah uh the many times that we've been to my in-laws church they really have um a great outlook on life they have a great focus they have a motto and the motto is, if you're not, not dead, me. you're not done. Yeah. And it's called, I think it's called Living, Living Oaks. Oaks. Yeah. And and so I I think that's a great attitude about life. Yeah, I do too. The hard thing about it is, from church life perspective, is that there are no children. Mm-hmm. And I have always appreciated like... Family, yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, like when they do the Christmas program and stuff... Oh, that yeah. is one of the most entertaining 
events Mm -hmm. that I've ever been to as a church member is when you're watching the kids up there doing the Christmas program. Yeah. And there's usually one little girl that's all into it or or one little boy that's so bashful that, you know, it's so and and I do believe that a lot of people probably miss that little element to it. But there aren't kids there. Yeah. um, I want to talk about, too, how you and Ron went a couple Christmases ago or around Christmas time and how you guys were boiling hot because they're so yes. cold. <laughs> so the yes. heat is always warmer and people, cause you didn't, you go from home to home or something like that. It's like a progressive. Yes. Our son Joel had graduated from dive school down there in Florida in Ocala, which yeah. is just like an hour from the villages. And we had gone down to attend his graduation and uh, the grandparents came with us and we went to that. Well, then it was Christmas week. They're always doing these parties Mm -hmm. and some of them are pretty elaborate. So they included us in the parties. So there's our son, Joel, who was in his 20s, my husband and I, and then my in-laws. And it was like 78 degrees inside the house. And we're, and it wasn't warm <laughs> so outside. It wasn't cold outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, but we, we had on long sleeves cause it wasn't, it wasn't hot, but it wasn't cold for them. But Chilly. yeah, it was hot in the house. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, the first time that, um, I came to the villages mm-hmm. was with you mm-hmm. and I think that's when we went to Lakeland, Florida. Okay. For I that think. breast but, cancer event. Yeah. But anyway, and to see that big sign that says the villages and then also that bridge that goes over the the highway and it says the villages i was like wow this is really something because i couldn't even though you had described it you had sent me pictures prior to that it's it was really just to actually see it was a whole another thing and experience it yeah and it is a planned community meaning Mm -hmm. that it's, it's not just willy-nilly, you know, there's there's a definite plan. We're going to have the square. We're going to have these neighborhoods. They're going to have this entrance. Um, the houses, you don't just build whatever kind of house you want. Mm-hmm. The houses have a, a particular um, style house that you have to build with the colors that you have to use. You know, it's, it's all planned. It's all yeah. coordinated. In different parts of the villages, they do allow different styles homes, you know, different sizes or square footage and, and things like that. Some, like Claudia said, the older ones have siding or, or partial siding or something like that. But well, it, the, it depends on the neighborhood. Yeah. And it depends on when you got, when you bought the house. Yeah. But like there are uh, villas in the villages and there are also single family homes, you know, that are much larger. So, you know, and obviously those are different budgets, but they do control a lot. Right. They control a lot. And that's one of the things in the bubble documentary that they pointed out is that the villages themselves, like the officials from the organization that runs the villages, they didn't want to talk to anybody on the documentary the bubble. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to talk to them or, or give comment on some of the pros and cons of the villages. And the, the woman who created the documentary is just assuming that the reason that they didn't want to talk is because they didn't see any benefit to them. She, but she doesn't know that to be a fact because they didn't tell her why they didn't want to. But they do like to control a lot of things. So, like what would you say? Because well, everything, were, yeah. everything is controlled. 
Yeah, I, I, there was, I listened and partially watched a podcast on um, kind of like a review of the bubble. And he was saying that the bubble, he gave, he gave credit where credit was due in terms of, because this mm-hmm. woman's from Austria and she did this uh, documentary because her parents were interested in moving in there. So she kind of looked into it and she was intrigued. And so mm-hmm. then she does this podcast or rather this, this film. But, um, and he points out that, uh, he knows what it's like to do filmmaking. He's got some background in that, mm-hmm. but he, he points out that it, it could have been that these people didn't want, it's very hard as a filmmaker to, to get in and, and interview these, you know, the people who you want to interview. And if mm-hmm. you're an outsider, it's going to be even harder. So it might not necessarily be that they're they're closed off or they're you know because the the accusation was kind of like oh it's it's a prejudiced community it's um you know politically one-sided it was kind of like pointing in that direction i didn't see the whole thing like you did Mm -hmm. but i saw clips of it and i saw the highlights uh, from this podcaster that was pointing out like well it's i happen to have a place in the villages it's not like that all over it's 130,000 people this is a small category you know things like that well she so. said that it was that the villagers themselves were very open to talking that she had more than she needed in terms of uh footage she had to pick they they all wanted to talk they all had great stories and it was hard to choose what to leave out and what to keep in because she had more than she needed. Yeah. But where she said she was cut off was from the officials themselves. Right. right. And I think that's what this podcaster meant. Like getting to talk to those kinds of people is hard sometimes. And she, I mean, she had a valid point. She said she, you know, she didn't think that it benefited them at all to talk to her. And it's mm. probably, you know, yeah, it's just self-preservation. We're all kind of into that. Yeah. Um, the other thing about the the bubble, they definitely showed pros and cons. You know, there there and there are always pros and cons because All one the of time. the things that they pointed out was people that live in the neighborhoods that are just outside the villages, mm-hmm. some of them don't look favorably upon what's this development. Mm-hmm. And anytime you do something, like look in our little small town, right? Any decision that's made mm-hmm. in Piatone, yep. some people absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Best thing ever. Yep. Other people like that we're, we're all dying. This is it. Yeah. And we actually have that going on right Always. now with that, that thing they're building on the other side of the highway. The some truck stop. Are, the truck stop in the hotel. Some people are against it. Some people are for it. And the it. chicken it's wars. Always. Yeah, the chicken wars. That's right. Always going to be that way. <laughs> Do you know what I saw recently in the Facebook uh, community page for Piatone? There was somebody that took a picture on, on their outside security camera of a couple of foxes. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in the comments. I, I couldn't make it out. People were like, yeah, they're getting ready for the chicken coops that are coming. Yeah, I saw that, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so funny. You know, uh, my niece, Shana, she she at one time she served on a community, uh, like a county board. She was a county board member. Yeah. And she she's into politics. She's in the um, oh, what do you call that when you're like, uh, oh gosh, I want to say I, I forgot the name of oh, what she does. La- um, not laborer. No, but oh she goodness. tries to talk people into yeah. her point of view. Oh lobbyist. My God, lobbyist. I Thank knew you. With an L. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, and I was going to say filibuster. And she's very good at what she does, and she understands politics. And so she she put her big toe into running for elected office, and she got elected. 
But when she was sitting on the board, she said what she found was that it was really difficult because you have a budget that you have to work with. Mm -hmm. And when you when you spend money for one thing, you have to take the money from something else. Mm. And there are always, with every decision, there are some people that are thrilled with it and other people that are not. Yeah. So you're kind of stuck. Yeah. You know? Right. And I'm sure that's how it is with the villages. There are some people that absolutely love it and other people that don't. Uh, they interviewed some farm, like people that owned farmland around the villages. And this one lady, that her family for years, they grew watermelons. Mm-hmm. And they sold off hundreds of acres of their watermelon farm to the developers of the villages. And she said, we just found out that it was more profitable to plant Yankees than plant watermelons. So (laughs) that's funny. Yeah. And you can't blame somebody for that. No, not at all. I mean, planting watermelons is hard work. Yeah, right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, I didn't see the documentary, but I saw enough to kind of, well, I guess I formed an opinion. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know about that. But Well, and the thing of it is, too, when it comes to anything, when you're watching a certain documentary, if they pull up, oh, well, these people are all this way politically or that way religiously or this way with um, their viewpoint of society. Mm-hmm. We filter that through our own filter right. of where we land on those, you know, spectrums. Yeah. yeah. And then we can make assumptions about the person who made the film. Like, well, maybe they're trying to bend it this way or bend it that way. Really, you know, it's so hard to know. But I did appreciate that this, the bubble film showed both sides of things it showed that's good you know here's what it's like to live in the villages here's what it's like for people outside of the villages and really what are you gonna do what are you gonna do that's like that everywhere as long as humans are on this earth we're all gonna have different personalities behaviors perspective opinions and it's gonna forever be that way. So whether it's the villages or it's little town, you know, Piatone, yeah, or Crown Point, Indiana, whatever it is, or even your own marriage. I mean, it's two oh, different people yes. that come at things from two different viewpoints. Hey, that reminds me. Yes. last night Kenny and I were watching, uh, and we actually watched that Clint Eastwood movie. He is ninety in the movie. Oh and wow! So talk about so. We just watched that, and it's, what movie is it? It's called The Mule. Okay, I've and, heard of that. Yeah, it was interesting because the man, so Clint Eastwood's character was a horticulturist okay. his whole life, and he uh, put that first before his family. Um, anyway, it you see him as a, I don't know how old he is in real life, but he's 90 in this, in mm-hmm. this movie. And <laughs> you think to yourself, wow, he is aging pretty well for a 90-year-old. But anyway... Um, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, I know. We're watching and I told I turned to Kenny and I said, The sound is off. And we go through this every now and then and he says, No, no, it's not. I said, Yes, it is. It's off by like a couple seconds. Because <laughs> you talked about <laughs> like even in a marriage. And he says it, it, he's insisting it's not. And I am so frustrated. Like, how do you not <laughs> see that? How can you n- I I don't understand how we can't see it. Like, it's off by a couple seconds. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Yes. And the whole time, he's like, no. See, that doesn't no. bother me at all. 
that the words don't match oh, the lips moving. Me you insane. are exactly like Ron. Ron is the exact same way. If it's off just a smidgen. I can't stand he it. He has to stop it, <laughs> reset it, unplug the router, plug it back in. Well, you know why? Because you sit there and you focus on the person's mouth. And I it's don't. not matching. <laughs> the see, Kenny doesn't either. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I just listen. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's, I'll go take a shower and do some laundry while you fix that. And then I'll be back. If I could fix it, I would, but I need Kenny to do it. And if Kenny doesn't see the problem, it's not getting fixed. <laughs> well, in this case, anyway. Okay, so uh, point made. Perspective. That is the p- exact point in yeah. terms of perspective right. and people's opinions and who thinks that this is what's got to be done. Yeah. And other people exactly. are like, this is dumb. You don't have to do that. Right. Oh, my. By the way, Clint Eastwood is 93. Okay. That's old. Yeah, that is old. But uh, I think it's cool that he's um, he's still living. He's making movies. I mean, he created this movie. Yeah. Good for him. I have to watch that one. The Mule. The Mule. It's, okay. It's in- interesting. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about the villages? Well, in terms of like our own experience there, I thought it was great. I'm just going to yeah. say that. I thought it was great. Of course, it's human beings. There's, you know, just like anywhere, there's stuff that, that yeah. may or may not go on. I don't know. I, I, I don't see that from, um, you know, just when I've been down there with your family and friends and it just seems like if that's what if that's what um people in their retirement golden years want to do and they want to live life out that way then great they worked hard all their lives and um well most of the people that we know anyway yeah and uh, except for the guy in the van oh well he's a mooch he didn't really live there anyway (laughs) he He just just lived in his van yeah you yeah. know, and what, I, what I've watched and observed through my in-laws is that they're very connected. So yeah. th- they're extremely connected with their church. They're very um, faithful Christian people. Mm-hmm. So there's no question in my mind that they have deep, solid connections in their church. Yeah. And in the neighborhood. Right. They're connect- they know every neighbor by name. If you walk with Claudia around the yeah. neighborhood, mm-hmm. she not only can tell you names, but she can tell you where they're from and, you know, what's going on in their life if they have any kind of a thing that you know people are helping them with well doesn't she belong to the hello neighbor or the welcome committee or something something like like that that? so she definitely would know yeah i think it's a great way you know a lot of people want to move down there because they want to start over yeah they've lived in what maybe the midwest in the cold or whatever or they are retiring yeah and they just want to have a fresh start and do things they haven't done before yeah why not yeah, I but you know, I say why not? Why do you have to move to Florida to do something new? I mean, I get it if you want to go for the weather or for the organi- organized activities, right? Well, that's what I mean, if you're into that, like you just I want suppose. that. Um in in the other documentary, they talked a little bit too about that sort of thing in terms of people coming down here and like being a whole brand new creature. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and kind of letting loose. Yeah. And they did uh uh, identify or a- acknowledge that sometimes people think of the villages as you know they just do drugs and drink and have sex yeah. and they have you know diseases and stuff that's just mostly folklore yeah i mean it's not the majority of people i really don't think the majority of people living in the villages are 
are that extreme. I think they're just pretty normal people. Yeah. And if they, if really, if they're miserable, move, change, do something different. Right. Also, in in your family's case, yes, isn't it that they, you know, one moved down, so they begat another who begat another. Didn't it just kind of work that way? Mostly. My father-in-law is from a family of seven siblings. Mm-hmm. And he and my mother-in-law were the first ones to move down there. Okay. And then my father-in-law's brother, Art, moved down there. And then Pam and Earl moved down there, his sister and brother-in-law. And also another sister, um, she moved down there, Lois and Frank. So, yes, yeah. he, he was the first one. Okay. And then the others followed. So now it's a little bit different because Lois and Frank have both passed. Mm-hmm. They were the oldest. Uh, Lois was the oldest sibling. And Uncle Art had some health issues. So he had to move back to Illinois to be closer to his children. So for a period of time, though, there were four siblings that were all there within, you know, a few miles of each other. Yeah. But and then they also had friends that used to live yeah. up here in the this area, like yeah. Frankfurt or Mokina and places like that right so they then, called it peace community church south yeah, i was gonna say that because w- they all met each other at church, at church up here and built really strong bonds and then these others that would go for visits once in a while mm-hmm. you know a couple other families that were from the midwest and you know i i just think that relationships are special right they really they are. are and th- it's a treasure a, a friendship a relationship is a treasure mm-hmm. it's a treasure to be appreciated Mm-hmm. And I mean, but I honestly, I love to go to the villages to visit. It wouldn't be my choice to live there mm-hmm. just, just because, first of all, I mean, I'm I'm old enough now that I could go there. But for many years, you know, we were yeah. still raising our kids and not, yeah. not even thinking about retirement. But I, I personally, my choice would not be to leave Illinois because I would be I, I have three kids that live in Illinois. So I, I wouldn't want to be that far away. Yeah. Plus, you don't like the heat. Oh, the heat. But I'm hoping that that changes. I'm hoping that my internal temperature will go down. I hope we end up with the same temperature. temperature. <laughs> it would be so much easier when we're driving in the car or we're sitting here in the pod lab or yeah. wherever we are because we're together a lot. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I keep telling you, put on your parka. Put on your coat. Well, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap on the villages. And if anybody is getting ready to retire or whatever, you might want to check it out Mm -hmm. and see what's what. And you can check out that Some Kind of Heaven Mm. documentary if you want to get depressed. It's depressing. (laughs) It's not even about the villages anyway. So that's true. Don't don't waste your time. All right. Well, let's go to our inspirational close. And we've selected Philippians 4, 11 through 13. And it says this. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed and hungry or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And that is a quote from the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. Who had experienced life at many different levels. He had experienced it on the abundant side as well as in the wanting side. And the bottom line for Paul was, and and at this point in Philippians, he was thanking people for supporting him, supporting his ministry with Mm -hmm. finances. 
And um, at this point, he was just saying that contentment in any situation is sort of the key. There we go. Yeah. So that's our encouragement to ourselves as well as to you, regardless of what retirement brings or when it comes. And a call to action. Yeah. Well, the call to action is to bloom where you're planted. Yeah. Be content. Yeah. And and if you really want to have a life where you do different activities, seek them out and do them. Mm -hmm. You don't have to move to Florida in order to do that. You can do that today. Yeah. Pickleball has really become a thing. I know. That podcaster I was listening to just got back from Pickleball. He was still in his little Pickleball shirt. Yeah. There Mm -hmm. you go. All right. Well, you've been listening to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm still comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm still Catherine. See you next time.